Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm talking to you about Mental Health Awareness Day that's on the 10th of October and also touching a little bit on Stress Awareness Week which is at the beginning of November. I will be sharing in this podcast episode some things that you can do yourself or things in the workplace that you can do with colleagues to take the first steps to improve mental health and reduce stress levels. So there's ideas for you if you're in HR or if you're a manager and also some ideas about how you can support leader performance and improve well-being too. So don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes and let's dive in to today's. So welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. It's great to have you back. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I can help you to increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and a workplace wellbeing trainer, helping you and your workforce increase performance and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, I know you're probably sick of hearing me ask this, but please, please do go over and hit the subscribe button so that you get the information on every single episode automatically without having to dig around and look for it. If you've got time, also please do leave a review. Both of these things help enormously for the podcast to be able to know what you like and more importantly for me to be able to share this episode with other people. So I'd really love it if you could do those two things. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you about mental health awareness, which takes place on the 10th of October, and also about Stress Awareness Week in November. I want to just dig deeper and share some helpful tips and advice and information about things that you can do either by yourself or in the workplace, if that's appropriate for you too. Whatever we've been through this year, uh, World Mental Health Day is just another kind of marker in the calendar to enable you to do something to be able to make that positive change with your mental health or about mental health in the workplace. I get that sometimes it can be hard to know when to start and I also get that it's not just about focusing on this for one day. We need to do lots of little things every single day but it can be a place to start. It can be a reason for the focus. You know, we've all found ourselves under a vast range of different feelings, whether it's under tremendous pressure, lockdown has affected us in different ways. And actually, we've all probably fluctuated through different feelings, different states of mind, different circumstances. And these can have changed from beginning, middle uh, to where we are now, if only I could say the end there, but I can't. But, you know, the the stress and uncertainty that we're in now, certainly in October, you know, people are saying, well, at least when we were in lockdown, we knew what was happening and basically that we couldn't do anything. 
Um, whereas now there's local lockdowns and can we do this or can we do that? And it's confusing. We don't know when it's ending. We don't know what we can do. We don't know what we can't do. And those levels of uncertainty are the thing that's really difficult for us. So even though it feels like we've kind of got a little bit used to, in some respects, this really weird and strange world that we are living in. So that's why I wanted to really focus on mental health and stress a little bit so that you can think about what it is that you can do. Now, mind is focusing this particular day, this year on do one thing. And it's about making a start. So whether it's about just planning to go for a walk or learning a new skill or doing something creative. It's about taking those first steps to do something or to get support or to support somebody else or reach out to somebody else. One of the biggest things that I talk about an awful lot when I'm doing my uh, wellbeing webinars, regardless of whether it's on my six pillars to resilience or my stress awareness or just raising awareness of different mental health issues or the vast range of workshops that I do, one of the things that I say is we grow up with this stigma of we don't talk about. I was chatting to one of my very good friends the other day where we talk most weeks and I said you know it's all this let's don't talk about the war so we don't talk about the war we don't talk about worries and um, she works with women's health so I said and we don't talk about women's problems either it's this stigma that we have from a long time ago and back in oh, I don't know what month it was, early lockdown anyway, I did a webinar for CIPD. I think I was talking about working from home and juggling it with the kids because they were all at home at that point. And I shared that the previous day I had sat in the afternoon and I had a big cry. And lots of people there had sort of put in the message or, or said at the end, oh, thank you, Emma, you know, I really appreciate your honesty and, and that's helped me feel so much better and things. Well, you know, if you've been following me on the podcast, you'll know that, well, what you get is what you see with me and I kind of just say things how they are. You are going to get some honest uh, truths, hopefully in a really, really nice way, whether that's in, in the webinars that I do, listening here on the podcast or in some of my coaching sessions, you're going to get honesty from me. And so you're going to get honesty when I say, do you know what, I had a really bad day or I really messed up or actually I don't know what I'm doing or this feels too hard or I've had a big cry and yet I'm I'm okay with sharing that but I appreciate that a lot of people are not so when we speak out about how we feel we can often be really really surprised about the reaction that we get from other people and often it's not the reaction that we think we're going to get because what you've got to remember is we have this stigma that I tend to refer to as don't talk about the war and I want you to just think about if you've got any worries or concerns about asking for help or um, saying how you feel or admitting that you're struggling with things or that you have had a, a little struggle or that this was a difficult day or oh my god I don't feel like I can do that think about how you respond when somebody says that to you. Think about how you respond when somebody asks you for help. More than likely, you're going to be helpful. 
we forget how helpful we want to be, whether it's because, you know, we want to please or we don't want to upset people or we were brought up with yet more uh, messages around, you know, speak when you're spoken to, be be nice, be kind, etc., etc. But generally, we are kind and we are helpful. And you get the odd one or two that's kind of grumpy and unhelpful, but well, those are not the people that you want to be reaching out for. But that's one of the things, if you remember that, it does make it a lot easier to try and talk to people and to reach out for help. And it's often good in a workplace to be able to demonstrate and we're almost modelling that, you know, as managers and leaders so that other people can kind of go, oh, actually, they were really honest about that. So I feel more comfortable saying that I've kind of struggled or that I don't know what I'm doing or that I need a bit of help because they've seen it from other people. So then it makes it comforting. And it makes it okay. And when we show genuine concern, when we ask people, how are you? And we show genuine concern for how other people are doing. It makes a difference. So, you know, I usually say, don't just listen to what somebody says, but listen to how they say it. Because we pick up all these nuances from tone of voice. Is there a big sigh there? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm all right. It's how they say it. Or are they more cheery? Are they more upbeat? Is there, a, is there a, that sort of higher, easier, lighter lilt to their voice? That's what I mean when I say think about how you say it. This is where you can do some like emotional well-being kind of check-ins when we've got all these people working remotely. You know, when I was a school governor, they used um, a kind of process called restorative practice and have a little Google of it. But one of the things that they did on that was in a morning, instead of doing the register and, you know, so they were just like, yes, miss, yes, miss, hey, miss. They were asking a particular question. They kind of all stood in a circle. Now, I know you're not going to be in a classroom or even in an office with your people, but you can still do this on a morning coffee call. Not obviously, are you present and correct and uh, all of that stuff, you know. Oh, good morning, Mrs. Langton. In that old school thing, I'm getting a bit silly about it now, so just ignore those bits. But you can do that sort of check-in. How are you feeling today? And listen to how they answer. What was the highlight and low light of, uh, you know, yesterday or, you know, this week if you're doing it on, a, say, a Friday morning or something? You know, what was some, what's something that you're looking forward to this week if you're doing it on a Monday morning check-in? What was the thing that you'd like to accomplish today? What's the biggest challenge you've had this week if that's at the end of the week? The point being that even the quiet ones get to say something so they feel that they are kind of noticed, valued and included. And then, like I say, when you're listening to like how they answer, were they quieter than usual? You know, was there that big sigh? Is there something that you can pick up on and follow up with separately? Obviously, you're not going to do it publicly on the call. So that's like one of the things that you can do to start and do some check-ins on emotional well-being, especially when people are back working from home. Another thing that you can do is about bringing awareness to mental health issues by asking somebody to share their mental health journey or to share a bit of a story or to share worries and anxieties. Now, these don't need to become some doom and gloom fest thing. You know, they can be, that sort of thing can be avoided. It can be a kind of learning type talk. So, you know, feel free to book a call with me if you want to learn how to do this safely and effectively in a way that's sort of informative and learning and helpful. 
You can ask a leader or a manager to be able to share their mental health worries, journey, struggle or or some sort of situation because what happens there is it's encouraging that kind of walk the talk thing, that modelling, that demonstrating that I talked about. It brings that attitude into the workplace. Well, if it's okay for leaders to share, then, oh, actually, it might be okay for me too. One of the other things that you might like to do is to like arrange a socially distanced walk or talk sessions. If you've got people that, you know, are in a similar area, I know often a lot of us with, you know, the ease that travel used to have that we can travel a long way or travel into cities for work. But sometimes people do work um, and, and, and live in a vicinity. And so you can have a socially distanced walk because these quality interactions are hugely valuable and mood boosting. Go back and check out my other podcast on creating the quality connections and that will explain a little bit more in that one. Send a thank you or some appreciation card, note, gift to employees. There's lots of... um, companies online that are kind of doing like well-being boxes or or things like that or you could really just send a card a postcard you know that says thanks very much for all your hard work or I really appreciated the extra effort that you did this week when you did whatever because we forget to talk about the good things and showing thanks that it really sends that message that employees are valued not just that they're just there to do the job that they get paid to do And I know that there's sometimes a bit of discard about recognition and things like that. But when our employees feel valued, you know, it's a great way to create strong workplace connections. We can enhance their sense of value, which overall improves well-being in the workplace. I mean, in addition... We don't get much in the post these days, do we, apart from bills. So when somebody gets something really nice, it kind of gives it that extra boost and that extra, ooh, thing. And so it gives it like a, a, you know, a double win, a double whammy in that way. And you can do this at any point through October. You don't have to wait for the 10th of October to bring this in. It's a Saturday anyway. So, you know, stick it in on one of the weekdays. But in addition to that, and and as a lot of companies have been doing, is get a speaker or wellbeing trainer in to deliver a workshop on a wellbeing topic or create your own wellbeing week even and to do a variety of activities or then focus, as some people are, on on the stress awareness week that's the first week in November. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But about the wellbeing training, because... I'm being asked to run a variety of sessions on wellbeing topics. So do get in touch with me, emma at emmalankton.com if you're interested in talking to me about some of the ones that I do. Obviously, there are other providers available, but as you're listening to my podcast, I'd really love it if you came to me. (laughs) So some of the ones that I've already been booked for, just to give you a flavour of what's going on in some of the other companies... So I'm doing stress awareness, stress management, preventing the blurring of work and home boundaries because this is a big one. This is one that I've pulled out separately from my work from home kind of workshop because this is something that that people are kind of struggling with a little bit more. When do they cut off because they don't need to go get the train or the bus or the kids from school and things like that. 
My six key pillars to ramp up resilience will talk you through the key areas that I think are essential to keep you in balance, keep your resilience as topped up as it possibly can be. Creating quality connections and reducing loneliness. Now, I mentioned that I have a previous podcast that talks a little bit about this, but I'm also delivering sessions because there's quite a few companies talking about that they are concerned about loneliness. It's not necessarily just people living on their own. It is people that are living in funny um, circumstances or just not getting enough connections that they are still maybe got people around them, but still feeling lonely. But on a lot of the webinars that I'm doing, sometimes I start it with by saying to people, what's your biggest problem? What's the thing that you're struggling with the most? And people are saying, I'm missing the connections. So some people are using the word loneliness. Some people are talking about connections. And for you, it's important that you use the language that your staff using too, so that you really hone in and get the message across. Otherwise, they'll if they think, oh, well, I'm not lonely, they'll just hone out. Another one that I'm doing is handling emotional offloads without the baggage. This is one that's been coming in a little bit more. You know, people are getting stressed, they're getting overwhelmed, they're getting frustrated. So basically, they're getting narky and snappy. And whether that's um, staff to managers, whether that's um, customers to you, you know, we're dealing with people where tensions are higher. And so how do you handle that? Because, you know, being also a trained therapist as well as a coach and a trainer, you're taught, as a, as a therapist and, and like a counsellor, you're taught specific ways that you don't absorb other people's offload. That's something that I'm sharing so that people can take some tools and tips to be able to take away with them too. And of course, there's just managing your mental well-being is a general one too. So all of those sorts of things are available, but you know, just give me a call, set up a, drop me an email, set up a, an appointment with me. We can chat through what's going on in your company and what might be appropriate for you. And sometimes we do a blend of these things. Sometimes we do a series of these and we can talk about how best to implement things to get the best results for you really. Because mine's not a one-size-fit-all and a just sort of churn-it-out thing. In fact, I did say to somebody the other day, and I don't really know if this is professional or just really honest, um, I said, I'm not really entirely sure that I deliver exactly the same session, um, you know, week after week, because it's got the same quality um, aspects to it. But I don't think I could repeat just exactly the same words (laughs) day after day, because you just get me talking and picking up with what each person says. So, you know, you'll get key areas, but they'll all have their own little differences and the sections that you need for your company. And then the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about is Stress Awareness Week is at the beginning of November and I will be doing a separate podcast episode for that specifically. However, to give you advance notice, I am doing a Stress Awareness Pack which will give you everything that you need to be able to put on some sessions and do some activities and also provide informative information. So again, drop me an email or a message, emma at emmalankton.com if you want to know more about that. 
But then also just do think about supporting your leader's performance because I've had many phone calls and emails and bookings from HR and wellbeing leads with the staff that are finding it difficult. As I said, some of the things that I'm doing to support is about um, supporting people who are dealing with people that are offloading. But also there's some work that I'm doing that can support managers who are doing that supporting. So sometimes it's one-to-one coaching, sometimes there's group coaching across a company, and sometimes it's just a a workshop that either an hour or a half day, full day, that type of thing. Because when you do that, it means that the managers and leaders in your organisation play that kind of active part in your wellbeing plan to ensure they can manage the impact of business and leadership needs. So hopefully that gives you some really good ideas of things that you can begin to put in place if you haven't already. It gives you a little bit of thought about your own ability to ask for help or how you can encourage other people to ask for help as well by just thinking about it from that other perspective. And then, you know, I want to just finish today by saying, be kind to yourself. One of the things that I say when I talk to people, when I go and do talks and things like that, you know, I say, you know, don't beat yourself up. Don't put yourself down. Because do you know what? There's plenty of people out there in the world that are going to have something negative to say to you. So actually, you don't need it on your to-do list. Take things hour by hour or day by day or just week by week. You know, we will get through this, but it's by pulling together and thinking about things differently, supporting ourselves as much as other people. I do appreciate it's difficult, although I do think that I've gone into a bit of stir-crazy lockdown looniness, I'm calling it, really. So... You know, if you just want a chat where I end up finding lots of sarcasm and ridicule about all sorts of things, just give me a buzz. Um, But until next time, don't forget, hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and then I'll see you again on the next episode. Bye for now.